Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Reality Sports Online. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. I'm joined, as always, by Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF. Fitz, how was the weekend? How, how how did everything treat you? You survived those tornado warnings recently in the Chicago area? Yeah, it's been an eventful few days, Boggs. Uh, big family wedding over the weekend. I had my stepbrother and his family staying nice. with us, so uh, things were a little crazy. And then we had the tornadoes roll in. Uh, I don't think we had any touchdowns, but we had tornado warnings and some pretty big storms blow through the Chicago area. So uh, there was, you know, of course, the usual joke about uh, a tornado warning might be the only touchdown we see in Chicago uh, no. in some time, but yeah, no. so dad jokes, but hey, if they're at Bears fans expense, I'm all for it. <laughs> they're, yeah, they're absolutely Pat's favorite. And we're going to be talking a deep wide receiver uh, targets for Dynasty Leagues today. And to do that with us, we brought Matt Schauf from uh, Draft Sharks, and you can follow him on Twitter at ShaufDS. The number one IDP preseason accuracy for Fantasy Pros in 2018 and 16. This is something near and dear to my heart because I'm very much an IDP guy. So, Matt, uh, happy to meet you. Happy to have you here to talk some wideouts, and maybe we'll talk a little IDP after the show, too. Yeah, thanks for having me on. We just we got to get more people into it. It's amazing to me that as fantasy keeps growing, we haven't quite been able to grow that niche. I mean, obviously, if more people are playing, there's more IDP players, but right. I want IDP best ball. I want to be drafting some IDP 
IDP best ball teams right now. So Scott, well, let's, let's try to work together to make that happen. It's a cult man, you know, uh, started by Gary Davenport. We're disciples. We're all disciples of Gary Davenport, of course. So, you know, we, we gotta, we gotta band together to get IDP. It's, it is, it is really a cult, you know, uh, but I guarantee you, if you drink just a little bit of the punch, uh, you'll be doing it as well. But, uh, today, uh, we've done QBs and tight ends. We've done uh, running backs, so it's down to wide receivers. And wide receivers, they're uh, harder to target, I would say. I'm not sure if you guys agree, but so much more has to line up. So many more stars have to line up for wide receivers to be successful because they, they don't just have to be good but they have to have a good quarterback. You know, every single wide receiver is attached to whatever quarterback they have. That's why guys like Tyreek Hill, you know, lost a little bit this year because he's no longer playing with Pat Mahomes, even though according to him, two is more accurate. Uh, but I mean, what is he supposed to say when they're asking those questions? But anyway, that's all different thing. But Pat, is it harder? Would you say it's harder to target uh, wide receivers? And if so, are you going, uh, you know, I asked this uh, question last week. Are you going more for, the player and the ability, or are you going more for the situation and the opportunity when it gets late? Good question. I think that could depend. It could be uh, either one of those things, Box. Like, ideally, like, maybe you see a little daylight with both of those things. Yeah. But uh, as you mentioned, I mean, it's it's much harder to pick these wide receivers who go later. We're talking about the guys beyond wide receiver 48, and – Unlike these running backs who we know are going to just come out of the fog and have good seasons and and be, you know, popular pickups. I mean, some guys who aren't even rostered in these 12 team, 28 or 30 uh, roster spots leagues, um, we're still going to have guys come out of the fog and and be relevant. But with receivers, what you get is, uh, you know, what you pay for tends to be what you get. So um, with a lot of these guys, we're just like kind of. I don't know, winging a prayer with some of these <laughs> dudes, like, you know, hoping that maybe at one point there was a flicker of lights with these guys. And, and we're hoping that, uh, you know, maybe that light can fully come on, uh, you know, before these guys hit like their their decline years. Yeah, it's a little more mixed, Matt. I would say in running backs, I'm always just taking talent because if you have talent, you're probably going to get to a spot where they're taking carries. You know what I mean? But I'm with Pat. I think it's a little more 50-50 wide receivers. What do you think about just the overall scope of dynasty wideouts that are taken late? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Obviously, primarily, you would love to see talent and at least potential opportunity line up. And those are the guys you're like, I'm going to take a shot on him. If it doesn't work out, then oh, well, I think when those two don't line up, when they don't combine, I'm, I, I've tried to teach myself to lean more toward the talent because the situation can just change too quickly. I mean, look at all the quarterbacks that have yeah. moved over the past two years. Look at all the situations that look so much different. Marquise Brown got traded. I had no idea going into draft weekend that he was going to be on a new team by the right. end of Thursday night. AJ Brown, you know, there were rumors about him before. I thought we were past that and he was staying in Tennessee. So it's just the, every time I think like, Oh, he's, I know what his situation is. The NFL's like, no, you don't. So I try to lean toward talent. And I I guess that is one other question. When I say talent, I'm not like, I watched that guy's tape in college and he looked really good to me. So I'm going to bet on him. I don't know that stuff that well. So when I say talent, I'm like, I'm looking for, you know, kind of the stuff that's emerged more recently where 
Did they command a target share in college? Did they break out early on? Did they leave school early? You know, those kind yeah. of signals for how talented a player is. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's, it's a, a hard process to go through. And before we dive in on, um, some of these tiers of wide receivers. I got to remind you guys that we have a giveaway right now at Fantasy Pros for a DeAndre Swift autograph jersey we're doing right now. All you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasypros. Take a screenshot, submit it to fantasypros.com slash science contest. That's fantasypros.com slash science contest. You're entered in. Do it as soon as possible. This ends at the end of June. So get in there as soon as you can. And while you're there, this podcast uh, is also on our YouTube channel along with every other podcast on uh, Fantasy Pros, quick-hitting videos, live streams, all kinds of great stuff on our YouTube. Please subscribe if you like our content because it really helps us out. Click the bell to get notified of our latest content so you don't miss any of our podcasts. Please do that as soon as you possibly can. Now, let's start out in this first tier, Matt, and you know, guests go first. So this first tier, it, it's kind of high for deep guys. It's between 43 and 58. But there are some names here that I believe are being undervalued. So is there anyone in this tier that you look at and you go, man, I, I like this guy way more than consensus our our ECR and fantasy pros. Well, first of all, I hope people are watching this on YouTube so they can see how I contoured my eyebrows when I found out that we were going to do a video. Um, <laughs> nobody, honestly, in the in tier six jumped out to me as way below. I think the the closest is Calvin Ridley. And it's just because, I mean, if, he was just playing, you know, if there weren't any question yeah. about him, he would be in the top 20 somewhere. So he's missing this season. I think that format matters a lot. I, I've been, I did, I just recently did a dynasty startup on FFPC, which they call it dynasty. I call it more of a keeper league because you end up keeping 16 players year to year. So, you know, there Calvin Ridley presents more risk. I got him late in that draft. I'm probably going to hate him come November because he's just going to be clogging a roster spot. But you know, if I've got 40 roster spots and I can stash him, I think he's an easy buy if people are actually valuing him here. You know, the leaving for uh, depression or, you know, the whatever the whatever his away from the field issues were last year specifically, mm -hmm. that adds some risk. The reason he's away right now is because he bet on a football game, though. So I think yeah. ultimately I expect him to be back next season, you know. Can we be sure it'll be set to go and stay after that? Like, I don't know, but I think that risk is much more than baked into his value. If we have him at the bottom of wide receiver four range or high wide receiver five. Uh, Fitz Calvin Ridley currently ranked 49. And, and I, I agree with Matt, man. Like, you know, if, if this guy was playing, he'd be ranked way higher. Now, obviously, like you said, you know, the, uh, depression, which could have been just from being on the Falcons, uh, was, was part of it. Um, you know, obviously the gambling thing is an issue. I think they nipped that in the bud though. It's, it's a lengthy suspension, but it's a, what it really is, is it's a tone setter suspension of you cannot bet on sports. You can't do it. Like the only thing that threatens the NFL is the games being fixed. That's it. Uh, everything else is geared towards the NFL. Like I said last week, I saw that stat that 92 of the top most watched programs, top 100 programs last year were NFL games. So the only thing that can kill uh, that at all would be the potential of, of gambling stuff. So I get it. It's a tone setter thing. But what do you think about Calvin Ridley? Is this just too low because the talent is there for him and he would definitely be, a, you know, a, at least a wide receiver, too, if he was playing? I think it's fair based on the risk calculus. 
combined with the talents. And I was looking at uh, where we've got him on the Fantasy Pros Dynasty trade value chart. And it says Ridley is roughly equivalent in value to, uh, in super flex drafts, Carson Wentz, Michael Carter, Isaiah Spiller, Hunter Renfro, Michael Gallup, Jalen Tolbert, Noah Fance, or a mid-second round draft pick in 2023. So all those are fair. I think the the biggest example out of all of those, Pat, uh, sorry, I jumped on you there too, but um, Hunter Renfro, like right now, you're definitely taking Hunter Renfro over Calvin Ridley, right? Because you're going to get the full year out of him. And without, with Devante next to him getting single coverage, uh, he could be even better than he was last year. So that's one of those where I see it and I go, Ridley's upside is way higher than Renfro's, but right now it would be real hard for me to to move Renfro to get Ridley unless my team was a bottom bottom feeder and I knew I wasn't going to compete this year at all, right? Yeah, it could be. I mean, I guess you could contend that there's still more long-term upside with Ridley just because, you know, with Waller and Adams there, what sort of how many eight target games, nine target games are we going to see out of Renfro this year? Right. It's more like five or six a game on average. Um, but I, I think like we should see Ridley moved in a lot of deals in different leagues, because if you're playing for the future, you want to buy this guy. And if you are playing for this year, I think you want to sell him to a rebuilding team. So um, someone who should be pretty fluid in a lot of these leagues, someone sh- who should be, um, you know, a-, a guy who people are very open to trading if he doesn't fit your specific mode, whether it's win now or rebuild. So who in this tier, Pat, do you have? Because this is a higher tier. Like we said, this is kind of getting borderline-y. Um, I just, I would consider anything from 48 and down, you know, uh, 49 and down, excuse me, in your typical 12 man, let's say you have three starting wideouts and then your flex is also a wideout. Anything after that is, you know, a sh- you're taking a shot on someone for the most part. So who, who in this tier, if anyone, uh, d- are you higher on than the consensus? And by the way, I should mention to find the consensus, all you got to do is go to fantasypros.com slash rankings and, uh, click on dynasty. And you are right there. So uh, check out our rankings right there to follow along. But who in this tier do you like? Yeah, I mean, obviously, Christian Watson and Jahan Dotson are pretty appealing at 53 and 54. Even though I'm a Packers homer, I might have to say that I find Dotson just a little bit more appealing. Like, would it be a total shock if a year from now we considered him a more valuable dynasty asset than Terry McLaurin? What do you guys think about that? No, I don't think it would be a shock at all. I think that would be less of a shock than it was to have Terry McLaurin come out as a third round pick and play the way he did right away. Yeah. So, I mean, if we, like, I think if you hear that, you're going to be like, come on, Pat, you're being crazy. But then you are totally forgetting the way Terry McLaurin arrived. Yeah. Right. And, and Dotson, who was, you know, considered maybe a borderline first rounder, then winds up going like in the middle of the first round. And it just this scouting report on him being possibly a, uh, Deontay Johnson with better hands and you know we know we know the dude can run and at Penn State we saw him how good he can actually be for a smaller receiver on contested catches so I'm really excited about the skill set one more guy I mean I might just be going down with the ship here but like I'm a I'm still a Rondell Moore truther and um it seems like Cliff Kingsbury and the Cardinals just keep throwing obstacles in this dude's way and now Hollywood Brown arrives so you've got Hollywood Brown Eventually, after six games, uh, DeAndre Hopkins and A.J. Green 
Like, is Rondale Moore even going to be on the field in three receiver sets? But I do think he gets a little bit of a window here to just maybe settle in as that slot guy while Hopkins is suspended, um, you know, with Brown and A.J. Green on the outside. So I'm, I'm hoping he can show enough there to make Kingsbury want to keep him on the field. Because, um, man, I mean, I just fell in love with the guy at Purdue. He was just such a little stick of dynamite, um, you know, but didn't really get a lot of shots last year with all these uh, targets behind the line of scrimmage. So, you know, it was just this real gadgety role, and I don't think there was a, a an opportunity for him to be, you know, just more of a, a conventional slot receiver. And I think he could do well in that role if given the chance. Matt, what do you think about Rondell Moore? Because like Pat said, there's just – there's obstacles in his way, you know, first you, they bring in Hopkins and he was still there. And then Kirk was still there last year. And then Marquise Brown and Hopkins gets, gets suspended. And then they, you know, they, they get, I think Trey McBride could even be a little bit of a threat to him, at least in the red zone. You know, you take the small guy off the field to put the big guy on the field. Cause he's, you know, just more likely to go up and get it. So what do you think about Rondell Moore and his potential value? I have two, they're either issues or questions, depending on how strongly I'm considering. And the first is Cliff Kingsbury might be the obstacle here. I mean, he's <laughs> getting a pass for being an offensive guy because they had the fast paced offense in college. And he has a lot of offensive talent on his team and has the entire time he's been in Arizona. And I just don't think that they're playing up to where they could, you know, they've been fine, but I don't think he has maxed out the offensive talent there yet. So I, he's not a guy that helps a player's value for me right now. The problem for me with Rondell Moore, and I, you know, I, I say problem. I don't really have a problem with him at this level. I think it's low enough that you can say yeah. whatever you want, take a shot on him. My issue at the moment is his role is going to require a lot of target volume to really pay off. And I'm not sure he's set up with Marquise Brown, with DeAndre Hopkins still around, with tight ends, you know, with an offense that's probably still going to, not pass it 60% of the time. I just don't know if he has that ultimate volume ceiling to, to really pay off. Again, I think he's fine here. I just don't think he's close to exploding for us. The average depth of target for him is still probably going to be pretty shallow too. I mean, especially with Hollywood Brown being a lid lifter, DeAndre Hopkins typically seeing more, you know, a lot of intermediate and downfield targets. So this is a huge I, I make or break it. year for more too, right? Right, Pat, because it's just it's gonna be like if he doesn't perform this year, he's gonna go into the, you know, uh the LaVisca Chenault range of guys that we just don't care about anymore because we we tried him for a couple of years, he did nothing, and we're done. So um, which we are, I think uh, you know, I think people as a whole are, are probably a little bit too fast to cast some of these guys out. We'll get to that in later tiers, but Matt, let's go down to, to tier number seven. Well, Th and this, real quick, just before we get please. there, like a year from now, you might be able to get Rondale Moore for Curtis Samuel's price. It's a, a little spoiler yeah. of what we're looking at now, but you know, we might be a year away from Rondale Moore being an attractive buy here. Right, exactly. And it, it could be just, you know, a change of scenario for a lot of these guys. You get them out of one spot, put them in another one where they're more respected and where there's just more opportunity, uh, easier players to get past, uh, you know, and, and it can work better quarterback, all that stuff that we said at the beginning of why wide receivers are a little bit different than other positions going down in this tier seven. This is one um, before the show started. You mentioned you're living in this tier here. This would be between 59 to 78. It starts with Jacoby Myers at 50. It ends with Wandell Robinson at, at 78 here. Who in this range do you, uh, whose value do you like here? 
I've been cuddling with this tier ever since you sent the rankings over to me, Scott. And I, <laughs> it would be quicker to mention the guys that I'm not interested. Oh, wow. In okay. Group. So I guess let me just start with the top. And I, Jacoby Myers, you know, we keep looking for new guys. He's just a good example of what can go overlooked when we're buying. And everybody wants brand new things and exciting players and Jacoby Myers is coming off his third NFL season, and he just dominated his team in targets last year. Like, he didn't just lead the Patriots. He dominated. It was him, and then they were like, oh, yeah, every once in a while, we got to throw the ball to some other people when we're not running it. So now he's heading into his fourth season. He's down in Tier 7. He's at the bottom of wide receiver 5 range, and we're all like, okay, who's the number one wide receiver for the Patriots now? I mean, it's probably Jacoby Myers, and even if they don't want to keep him around beyond this coming season, He's probably done enough to get a decent sized contract somewhere else next spring. So I'm going to go ahead and start out betting on him at this level, you know, assuming full PPR and then see where he goes. What do you think about Jacoby Myers in this range here, Pat? My only beef with Jacoby is that he is not a big play guy and uh, he doesn't score many touchdowns. We can't say any. We have to say many now that he's actually found the end zone. Um, But so like I'm fine with Jacoby as a flex guy in a PPR league. I think that's totally fine. I I think he's a a nice guy to have, a nice guy to be able to throw in your lineup if you have some injuries or whatever. I don't know if there is anything beyond what he has shown us already. So who, who are you going after in this range? And I'll come back to you, Matt, cause I know you got more, uh, but, but, uh, who, who are you going in, in this range Fitz? All right. We won't belabor the point bogs. Cause, uh, you know, during the run up to draft the draft, uh, we talked a lot about David Bell and, and how he was kind of a man crush for me. It's, it's me and the Purdue wide yeah, receivers, Purdue you wideouts. Know, the, you love the Wisconsin guy embracing the West Lafayette's, uh, <laughs> dude. So yeah, I mean, and, and Bell is obviously set up to get some volume right away. Um, you know, as, as maybe the number two in the primary slot guy for the Browns. I have no um, idea who that quarterback is going to be, but yeah. You know. Yeah. I mean, if you're playing best ball, uh, dynasty MVS is obviously an interesting one. Um, you know, there've been a lot of people trying to read the tea leaves on how the targets are going to be divvied up among those wideouts with the chiefs. Since that is a entirely, well, almost entirely new look group, um, but if you follow the money, I mean, MVS got a lot of it. And, uh, you know, Mahomes likes to air out that arm. So I, I think he's going to be at least no less valuable than he was for the Packers. And, and you know, that can that can be hit or miss. But go ahead. You were going to say. I, I just want to mention MVS is at 66. David Bell's at 68 here. Uh, j- just to give you there uh, the ECR there. That's all. Yeah. And we know we know Will Fuller is going to sign with someone soon and we're going to see that uh, play four games. Spike. Right. Pro- probably. But, uh, you know, as far as talent on this tier, he's got to be top of the list. He's the most talented. I don't I don't know that it's necessarily arguable. I mean, he put up the biggest game. I think it was two seasons ago. He had the most points of any player in a game uh, when he scored the three touchdowns. You know, like you see it there, but it's, you know. Uh, it's flashes, you know, he's like a ghost. He comes and goes, you know, uh, it, it's hard to keep him on the field. If, if you keep him on the field, he'd be much higher. He'd be a lot like we were talking about Calvin Ridley before. So um, anybody else from this tier? Yeah, just one more guy I want to mention as a guy who is uh, one of the more easily attainable guys, I think. It's Van Jefferson, who... Um, you know, I think people were more interested in him a year ago, and then he just sort of got shut out towards the end of last season. They brought in Odell Beckham. Um, but 
dude's now one injury away from a pretty significant role. He's still going to be on the field, I think, for the Rams in three receiver sets. Um, son of a wide receiver coach. We've seen him flash before. Uh, like, wouldn't surprise me if he became relevant again this year and, and maybe, I don't know, sort of rekindled hopes about him having a future as like an, an every week fantasy starter. Like, I, I'm still holding out hope that he can be something more than he's shown us. That's a combined, you combine the talent with the situation because, you know, the, the Rams, obviously a fantastic offense. Matt, who else in this tier, uh, because you said you're living in it, uh, who, who else do you like in this group? Yeah, I mean, let me start off by agreeing with Van Jefferson, and he's, you know, kind of a unique prospect in that normally we'd be like, yeah, he's the number three receiver for that team. It's the best spot in the league to be the number three receiver because you're yes. a full-time player there. So he's on the field full-time to begin with. He's got handcuff upside to both Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson if either of those guys go down. And he still has two more years on his rookie contract with the Rams, who picked him in the second round, so they clearly like him. So they're just like, when you can get Van Jefferson down here, even if he doesn't become something, it wasn't a wasted pick. So um, he, I, I agree that he's an easy buy down there. Otherwise, I think it's it, it's just like the, oh yeah, I remember you, Tier. And <laughs> I, I say that with a little bit more of a, I don't know, positive lilt where people are like, oh, I remember that guy. I'm like, oh, I remember you. Because we got Russell Gage, who didn't excite anybody in Atlanta, but now he is probably at least the wide receiver two to open this season. And Brady keeps talking about him. They keep talking about him. Right. So he's got immediate opportunity there. He's got at least a two-year contract, maybe a three-year contract. He is 20. He's heading into his age 26 season. So, you know, the question is who's the quarterback after Tom Brady. That's the kind of question I'm not going to ponder for too long because I don't know. It could be an excellent quarterback. It could be Kyle Trask. It could be a rookie that hasn't hit the league yet. I don't know. So I'm not going to worry too much about that. I'll take somebody who's been solid in this range and see what happens. Corey Davis is similar. Early last season, preseason, he was their wide receiver one in the preseason games. And I'm not saying he's their wide receiver one, but I'm saying I don't know exactly how the targets are going to get distributed with the Jets. And I think that's been the biggest change for me in doing this fantasy analysis stuff is kind of embracing the, I don't know, you know, like our job is to take the, I don't know and tell people what you know. But if you're doing that, you're lying either a lot of gray area people. Yeah. And so at some point you have to say, I don't know what's going to happen here. So I'm going to take the low cost bets and see what does happen. I think Corey Davis is that guy with the jets. And even if he falls third behind Garrett Wilson and Elijah Moore in whichever order, that was not a purposeful ranking of them. He's heading into just his age 27 season. He could be done with his Jets contract as soon as next spring. So even if it's somewhere else, you know, Corey Davis has some paths to things. I like MVS in Kansas City because, like you said, we don't know where the targets are going for sure there. And they're certainly saying good things about him. I think that he I think Kansas City views him as more than just the deep guy that he was in Green Bay. So if we get any of that this coming season. Um, you know, he could turn into a more regular contributor to us. And that's what, you know, people look at him and think, oh, I know that guy. He's he gets four targets, catches three for 100 yards and a touchdown. And then I start him the next week and he gets two targets and zero points and kills me. That's what he was in Green Bay. Maybe he's that in Kansas City, but we don't have to bet much uh, to see what happens here. Curtis Samuel, we talked about Jahan Dotson. Curtis Samuel is obviously he obviously has fans in 
the Washington leadership because they brought him from Carolina. They paid him money. They gave him targets in Carolina. Last time we saw Curtis Samuel, he was catching a career high 5.1 balls per game for the Carolina Panthers. I don't know exactly what his role is going to look like in Washington. Maybe he falls third behind Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson, but maybe he gets plenty of work. And at the least, I think he is similar in style and role to Rondale Moore, but has already showed us more at the NFL level. And we're paying wide receiver seven price to take a shot and see what happens. You know, with a guy who's also not old yet, he turns 26 in August. Yeah, I look, I, I like a lot of these calls. You know, um, the, these are some solid ones. I'm going to give you one more from this tier. But before I do, I got to remind you guys uh, by, about Reality Sports Online. And by now, most of you have probably heard of Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their fantasy team like an NFL general manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, a rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first round rookie options, automated contract and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated? It is not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't require any more time than a standard league. It just needs more strategy. That is it. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is a platform to test your metal. Still not sure? You can test your general skills, general manager skills for free, FRWE, in a mock free agency auction. If you like what you see, use promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at Reality Sports Online. Com. Before I give mine, uh, Fitz, I want to get your takes on the ones that Matt just mentioned. Uh, Russell Gage at 61, Corey Davis at 62, you mentioned MVS, um, and Curtis Samuel at 74. Is there anyone here that uh, you are in on as uh, with Matt? Yeah, I've been thinking about Corey Davis, too, and just the um, prospect profile he had when he came out. And it's not like he's been a bust. Uh, he just hasn't quite lived up to what the expectations were. He was and, like Christian Watson-ish uh, in a bad wide receiver class. Yeah, exactly. And uh, that was kind of it. Um, so, yeah, I, I think there's a chance that he still has uh, a career as like sort of a serviceable veteran, um, a guy who could maybe be like a, a fantasy wide receiver three or something. Like there's a, there's a chance there. Russell Gage, possibly positioned to have – a big year in 2022. Like he's, I don't know what sort of future he's going to have. I don't think he's got star level talent, but Chris Godwin tore his ACL in week 15, didn't have the surgery until January 3rd. So an optimistic nine month timeline would put him back in early October. Pretty optimistic. Don't know if he's going to be the same guy he was, uh, you know, plus you never know who else could get injured. So I think Gage is going to get a lot of work this year. Um, you know, he could possibly get a hundred targets for a team that Brady led the league in attempts last year. And I think he was only eight attempts off the NFL record. So this is a team that's going to throw a lot and uh, Gage is going to be on the field quite a bit. So no, uh, you know, I, I think there's a possibility that he is a top 25 receiver. Like he could, backdoor it into uh wide receiver two value you can squint and see it for sure and you know like i said before anytime tom brady's talking you up that's a good spot to be in you know and they he kind of insisted that they bring in gage too because he really liked what he saw in atlanta the the guy i i'm a little surprised that uh, neither one of you mentioned him here uh but dj shark uh for me and he goes from he's had injury issues so you know i give that up and that that's a risk 
wherever you go. I get it. But uh, I really like DJ Chark. I, I, I have him ranked in the 40s, you know, the, the low 40s, of course. But um, I, I've, I've got him ranked uh, 48. His ECR right now is 60. This dude is still big. He's 6'3". He's fast. He played with Jacksonville his first three years. And this is a guy that averaged 15 points a game a couple seasons ago. And we're burying him down here in wide receiver five, six territory. So I just, um, I think there's way more upside. He goes to Detroit, Detroit, you know, Jared Goff's not great, but they're going to have to pass the ball. They're going to be down most games still. You know, this is a rebuilding team. They're getting better and better. They're in every game. They're even if they win half their game. So they're still probably uh, not a playoff team. So, um, you know, Jamison Williams is coming in. I understand that, but dude's going to start the year on the pup. I'm almost, you know, he really doesn't want to, but I think he really is going to have to. It's the same timeline that you just mentioned with Chris Godwin. He tore his knee in the national championship game. That is in the middle of January. He had surgery shortly after that. So it looks like October. He's young. The, you know, the medical science is getting better every day. So maybe he won't have to, but I expect him to start the year on the pup. And that gives DJ Chark a little bit of time to establish himself in this offense. And he's still big, like I said, six, three. So he's going to be a red zone target for sure. Um, any love for Chark, Matt, or are you off the chart, uh, ban- Chark bandwagon here? I wouldn't say love, but that's what I love about this tier is like, I, you know, I don't love yeah. Jacoby Myers. I don't love Corey Davis. I don't love Russell Gage, but all these guys, you can definitely make a case. You can take, you know, you can grab any four of these guys that we've talked about and probably get at least two wide receiver threes going forward. And I think Chark fits that. The one thing that I think is working against him this year is his, you know, I guess his biggest asset is the downfield stuff and Jared Goff's worst area is that downfield stuff. So I'm not sure he's going to look so much better a year from now than he does right now. But if you're stashing him as a wide receiver five or wide receiver six, and I'm like, yeah, go for it. Yeah, I mean, he's he definitely he's on a prove it deal too. Fitz, mm-hmm. uh, one year, ten mil. So, uh, are you taking any shots on Shark? That's that's what I like. That it's just a one year deal, and that he's got this early season window with Jamison Williams. Uh, probably not back yet. So, yeah, I mean, I I agree with what you said, Boggs. You've got a big, fast dude who has flashed, and um, you know the situation is going to change for him. I mean, maybe he stays in Detroit, but maybe it's with. CJ Stroud at quarterback next year instead of <laughs> Jared Goff. So um yeah, I mean much better is, down the field. Right. Th- this <laughs> this might be the lowest we see DJ Shark's stock for a while. So it is a potential buying opportunity. Fingers crossed. I got them all over the place. So I hope so. Uh let's go to tier number eight. It's from 79, starts with Nicole Hardman all the way down to 98 at D Eskridge. Um, Matt, this tier. I like this tier a lot. I've got four guys I like in this tier. This is one that I just, these are all crazy upside dart throws. Uh, you know, you can, you can squint and see, you know, wide receiver twos. I don't think you're squinting and seeing a lot of wide receiver twos in this range, but you're seeing some bi-week values, some injury replacement values, and some guys that have more upside. I think Hardman is definitely one of those guys. I wanted to put on, I wanted to put Hardman on my list real bad. Because, but I can't, I can't like every chief's wide receiver. You know, it's, uh, I I'm a big, I'm a Steelers fan. So I'm, I'm huge on Juju this year. I'm going to own him probably everywhere. Uh, I have, um, you know, we like MVS for the size and we think he's probably viewed as more in Kansas city. Um, they drafted sky more. There's a lot there, but who from this range are you in on? 
Yeah, I'm totally out on McCall Hardman because I, I think the Chiefs first they traded away Tyreek Hill and then they were like, so we're like, oh, maybe it's McCall Hardman's turn. And they're like, no, 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 we're going to get we gotta get, we're gonna yeah. get Juju Smith-Schuster, we're going to get um, MVS, we're going to make sure it's never McCall Hardman's turn. We'll give him the ball every <laughs> now and then. Um, I I have to start with Robbie Anderson. And I, you know, I don't know what to make of him. And that's kind of why I like to see him so far down here and in best ball. Cause I never know what to make of that guy. Every time you see a headshot and you see the hair just pointing out in all different directions, you're like, do I trust him right now? Especially when I then watch the video where he doesn't know the name of the mascot in the Carolina Panthers stadium. There's, you know, there's just so, Sir Purr, oh, how do you not know Sir Purr? Come on. He's like, what is that, a bear? Like, if you've been watching Robbie Anderson all along, there are so many reasons to not trust him. But when all of fantasy is not trusting him, you're like, oh, well, this is a buying opportunity. And then he's like, by the way, it's IE, not Y. And I'm like, ah, oh, crap, now I can't trust you again. But Robbie Anderson at this level, I mean, he has done nothing but outperform this level. Even last year, when he was terrible, he was wide receiver at 50. Uh, he's not old yet. He's still under contract with the Panthers for now. We'll see what happens there. He hasn't retired today. I mean, I haven't yeah. checked my alerts yet to see what happened, but I, he's the kind of guy when you're down in this range, you know, I was just talking about the boring players who can give you value, but the further down you get, the more value there is in just saying like, that's a dart throw where if he right. hits, he could really hit big. And if he doesn't hit, I haven't really lost anything. We've already seen Robbie Anderson produce up into high wide receiver two, even bottom of wide receiver one level. So we know that that's the ultimate ceiling. I don't think he gets back to that, but it's certainly not as long a trip for him as it is for some others to give us some fantasy value. Yeah. Fitzy. I mean, look, Robbie Anderson, he outperforms this range every single year and he's performed well with some bad QB play, which I think is probably the most impressive thing about him. But like Matt just mentioned, you know, dude, dude's gotten arrested. He, he's talking about, uh, you know, uh, possibly retiring. You see him screaming at Sam Darnold on the sideline. Like he just doesn't seem he, he's not a guy you want to root for really, but his production has been, you know, he's been a nice replacement level player for you over the last couple of years. Are you in on uh, Robbie Anderson, especially at this low cost? Well, one guy who has rooted for him is Matt Rule, who I think went to bat for him at Rutgers when uh, Robbie Temple. was in danger. Or Temple, sorry. Yes, thank you, Matt. When uh, Robbie was in danger of getting thrown off the team. So um, they've got that history together. But unfortunately, I mean, I don't know if there's a coach with a hotter seat than Matt Rule yeah. right now. And um, man... Robbie has had just such an interesting career, you know, obviously the viral Sir Per video, but also just going back to the Jets when he used to be Mr. December. He'd come in like late in the year and all of a sudden start catching bombs. Like, who is this guy? Maybe he's a, a future star. I just can't get on board. I mean, he had that nice year with Carolina a couple of years ago, but I think, you know, at one point last year, what, his catch rate was like 37% or something? I mean, it was just like the least efficient I think I've ever seen any starting receiver at one point. And, and yes, a lot of it is quarterback related, but you know, DJ Moore is the guy there now. I just, yeah. I, I can't see any path to Robbie being back to being like a consistently impactful receiver and he might flash, but like, I don't know if he's a guy I can trust, you know, as, as you alluded to Matt. So um, I'm kind of CMC is your number two a receiving option there. Pretty if he's much, healthy, yeah. of course, too. So yeah. that's 85 catches too. But they don't have a tight end. 
the other way, Terrace Marshall didn't work out. So like, I see it. Uh, I, you can squint and see it. Right, Matt. I was just going to say, if you are out on Island boy, are you taking a <laughs> shot on Terrace Marshall? Because he, I mean, I, you know, nobody's betting on Terrace Marshall right now, but if you consider that just a year ago, he was a second round pick and people as late as August were excited about him. And now he's wide receiver 75 on the list that we're looking at. So, I mean, does that make you more interested in taking a shot on him? Maybe a little bit. I mean, I, I, they still don't have that quarterback situation straight. Although maybe we're again, looking at CJ Stroud or, or Bryce Young next year. Yeah. Baker, maybe it's Baker. Um, Got an upgrade. Yeah, I I feel like I should have Terrace Marshall on at least one dynasty roster, and I don't right now. And maybe it's the time to remedy that while he's fairly cheap. Um, yeah, boy, he is just a kind of a riddle right now. So. He got in the doghouse real fast. I mean, real fast. You know, and so I I I would I would rather have Marshall than Robbie Anderson. I'll say that. But me too. My, I kind of I don't want the third option in Carolina right now. Not until they upgrade that QB position. And may, you know Baker is an upgrade over Sam Darnold right now, which hurts me to admit because I don't like Baker. But you know uh, I don't know. You're upgrading, you know, uh, Waffle House coffee to Denny's coffee. It's not it's not the best upgrade here. Um, Fitzy, who do you like in this range? Is there one that stands out above the others between seventy nine and ninety eight? So we talked earlier about how it uh, how the Rams were kind of a good team to have the number three wide receiver on because of you know the the situation there how prolific the offense is and um, you know they use a lot of eleven personnel and have three wide on the field quite frequently. Well, uh, we've got a Sean McVay disciple in Minnesota now with Kevin O'Connell and um, KJ Osborne is probably going to play quite a bit. Um, you know, should have a, a snap share north of 70% this year, I would think. And and he put up some numbers last year, 50 catches, 655 yards, seven touchdowns. Um, I thought he was pretty impressive last year. Like, you know, he did flash. Um, Adam Thielen's not getting any younger. So would it be a shock if he put up better numbers than Thielen this year? Um, you know, and it's, it's not like the Minnesota offense is a complete train wreck. You know, I, I have my issues with Kirk cousins, but, um, you know, he's at least a, a capable ball distributor. So you'd take him way over Baker Mayfield or Sam Darnold. I know that, right? Yeah, I definitely would. So <laughs> maybe, uh, KJ is a little less expensive than he should be. And, um, Bugs, you know, I like Khalil Shakir. I, yep. I think. I think he's going to pass Jamison. Like, I think he's better than Jamison Crowder. I think he's going to pass Crowder this year. And um, one more guy. It's it's funny how this guy went from being uh, the de facto number one on the depth chart to probably number four this year. Uh, but I don't really like him any less because he's still only 24. Marquez Calloway, um, you know, pretty big, pretty fast, uh, has flashed. I mean, there was some actual hype around him coming out of the preseason last year. Again, part of that was the fact that the Saints were so depleted at wide receiver without Michael Thomas, but now they've got Thomas. Now they've got Jarvis Landry. Uh, now they've got Chris Olave. I don't know if it's going to happen for Callaway in uh, New Orleans, but he's still young enough where he could land somewhere else and potentially be impactful a little bit down the road. 
I am absolutely with you on KJ Osborne because th- this is kind of the, um, you know, it, we talk about the falling knife syndrome. If you want to get, uh, you know, you'd rather get rid of a guy a year early than a year late because you can at least get some value back. And people have been saying that about Adam Thielen for three years and he keeps scoring touchdowns. And then the next year, everyone says, well, he's, uh, you know, all of his uh, value is attached to touchdowns, but then he keeps scoring touchdowns. But at some point, that is going to wear out. Osborne's the next man up. I think it's pretty clear he had a a great year last year, Matt. Are you in on, on Osborne? And what do you think of Callaway, too? Yeah, Osborne's the other guy that I highlighted in this range for all the reasons that Pat said. And I mean, he's young. I, he, he came out of nowhere last year. I, I wasn't paying any attention to him. I'm not going to lie and say that I was a fan heading in. But if you look back, he he's a an intriguing prospect, good enough size, above average speed for the position. Uh, and we have this aging performance table that we use to to power our new dynasty rankings at draftsharks.com this year. And according to that, wide receivers build up to generally peak around year five. So if we can get somebody who just looks like he might have started breaking out in year two, heading into year three, I mean, we could really be getting uh, KJ Osborne especially combined with Adam Thielen, obviously reaching the end, even if he has a full season worth of games ahead of him this year, he's clearly close to the end. So those two things could be converging to really like send KJ Osborne shooting off. And, you know, we're talking about him like this at a level where if he doesn't work out, if that, if last year was a fluke and he's not that good this year and there is no huge future, you're not losing anything. But I think that all the factors really combine to, to give him a lot of upside from here. Callaway, I can kind of see, I can't say that I'm so much on him. Honestly, I don't want to bet on anything in New Orleans right now. I don't trust (laughs) anything that that franchise is doing. So like if, if you're asking me if I'll take Marquez Callaway as the 94th right receiver, sure. Like I, I have taken him in a couple of best ball drafts, but in general, if I'm buying or selling a piece from New Orleans right now, I'm definitely more on the selling side. Yeah, it's it's tough for me to get behind Callaway. Uh, I I think the talent level is there, and and like we mentioned before, you want talent first, right? So, but Thomas is coming back. They drafted uh, Chris Olave as the the second wide receiver in this class, and they signed Jarvis Landry. That all buries him. Plus, I'm hoping for an Adam Trotman breakout. I don't know that it's going to happen. And this is this is the last year. I can't, yeah, I can't keep rooting for Trotman beyond this year. If he doesn't do it this year, you know, three years for a tight end, you're probably dead in the water at that point. But um, a couple of the other guys that I like in this range, um, you know, we mentioned Robbie Anderson at 81, Osborne's at 92, Callaway's at 94. Um, I like a couple of the higher guys, Pierce and Mechie. I'm just higher on than consensus. They're 80 and 83 right now. These are shots you take, right? I've got Pierce at like 67. He's going to be the number two guy in Indy this year um, behind Pittman, of course. The number one guy is JT, though. It's it's all going through Jonathan Taylor, so is the number two wide receiver going to be valuable? A lot of his value is probably going to be close, uh, you know, uh, in, in touchdowns. But John Mechie, to me, I have ranked in the four. Like, I love John Mechie. I cannot believe he is ranked this low. You are getting an enormous discount on this dude because he's coming into the league uh, injured. If he wasn't injured, he would have been talked about in that group of those top wide receivers. He's not as good as them. So he shouldn't have been drafted uh, with them. I understand that, but he's much better than people give him credit for. I understand he's hurt, but especially if you're a bottom feeder and this guy falls a little bit in your rookie draft or in, you know, if you're throwing the rookies into the startup with your normal draft, this guy's going to get buried. 
and he's going to hold way more value, I feel like, in Houston, working with Davis Mills for the next couple of years. We know Brandon Cooks is not long for that job. I don't think Nico Collins is going to be a possession guy. So I think John Mechie is going to be your default number one wide receiver by this time next season in Houston. So I like Mechie a lot. I think his value is way below. They got to wriggle out of this Brandon Cooks contract. I, I understand. But I think that if they pay for a big chunk of it, he can be traded uh, next season. The last guy that um, that I like in this range, Dwayne Eskridge. And look, he had a bad rookie year. I'm not trying to defend his rookie year. But we got him in 98. This dude is a, was a stud at Western Michigan. I believe he's going to get a much bigger look this year, obviously, because he's not going to be. He got hurt early last year. He drug around this injury the whole season. And, you know, he got beat out by guys like Freddie Swain. And I don't think that is going to be the same case. Now, it's not a good sign that in minicamp, he's already sitting out with a hamstring injury. I understand that. But that is going to drop his his value even lower than 98 this is a post 100 among wide receivers guy that you could potentially take and you know Lockett's 30 and probably going to look for a deal after this um you know dk metcalf is a guy that's you know could not be on this roster next season if he wants out he's uh you know probably going to get franchise tag but uh are are any of these guys of interest to you fits do we have some sort of Western Michigan curse going on with Corey Davis, uh, <laughs> Dwayne Eskridge? Should Sky Moore investors be worried about this? Mm, yeah, um, maybe. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to make them concerned. Um, yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be shocked if Eskridge like showed life. It's just kind of got dealt a bad hand to going to Seattle. Um, you know, when they blow it up with Russell Wilson, and you know, Wilson had the finger injury last year, missed some time. It just wasn't the right time for him to make. An impact as a rookie wouldn't totally shock me. Um, I do like Pierce Boggs. I know we've disagreed slightly on Mechie. I just don't know. I don't know where he is going to win in the NFL. I mean, I could be wrong about like, you know, we just kind of fundamentally disagree on what level a prospect is. But I like certainly wouldn't be shocked if he panned out. And I don't ever know if he's going to be one of the top guys in this class. But I could certainly see him being like an NFL you know, wide receiver two, wide receiver three at some point wouldn't, wouldn't surprise me. I'm offended on behalf of Brandon Cooks with the whole discussion of Mechie being a potential lead wide receiver in Houston soon. Oh, oh, well, yeah. Next year, I'm not, I'm not, not going there, year. man. They just extended well, him. Yeah. Did they extend Cooks? Okay. Uh, I mean, that, that, it was to save cap money this year, probably made him more expendable. I just don't, I, I don't like Cooks. Uh, it, it like, I, I, well, I do like I, cooks as a talent. He's a great talent, but he's been on a thousand different teams. He's had every team's Jersey on one time because he's clearly not a good teammate and no one really likes him. So there's gotta be something there. You don't get traded every single year because you're a great out, upstanding guy in the locker room. Right. I mean, you know, Amen. Robert, I, Robert Ori was the same way in the NBA. And I think, uh, you know, he won titles with some different teams. NBA so. is quite different than, yeah, come on, <laughs> come on. Fitz, don't go. I'm the Robert Ori defender. I'm from Houston, man. Uh, he was big shot Bob to me before anybody else. So, uh, but, but anyway, I'm sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, no, I don't think I have anything else there. I mean, I Brandon cooks. If he wants to be a jerk and keep giving me fantasy points, then I'll, I'll take it. He, I, he's, <laughs> 
he's definitely not the worst person that's been in the Houston locker room recently. Yeah. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> yeah. Well, look, you're setting an extremely low bar, by the way. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, looking at over the cap, uh, I don't does it. It doesn't really show an extent. Maybe they extended it one year, uh, but next year his cap number is thirty three million dollars. It's forty three mm. this year. So like it's going to be hard to get rid of him. Twenty twenty four, he's gone. Like they're not going to pay him that much money. He's also going to be thirty two at that point. Uh, so I just I really like Mechie. I think he's an outstanding prospect, uh, and you're getting a crazy deal on him. Plus. Texans aren't going to be good for a little bit. They're going to be playing a lot of catch up late. So he's going to be one of those guys that garbage yards all count the same uh, for us. But look, we have look so many more wide receivers on this list. So I'm not even going to go by tiers here. Is there anybody else in, in these rankings, Matt, that uh, you find, look, I, I, this guy's a deal. I like him a lot. Who else do you like uh, just below you know, rank 99 and down here. Yeah. Let me hit three key guys in tier nine, starting with one Oh six Romeo dubs. Uh, I, I wasn't excited about him as a prospect heading in, but then neither is anybody else. If he's at one Oh six here, I, the couple of things that I particularly like is that he's been labeled polished by the green Bay coaches. And that stands out when they're trying to rebuild a wide receiver court to me there's at least opportunity for him to grab a spot right away and polished sounds like the kind of guy that can fit in with Aaron Rodgers quickly so I'm willing to take a shot at a very low level for something that could pay off quickly he had a lot of targets in college 15 plus percent target share every single year age 19 breakout was a punt return guy so even though he didn't test great speed wise he's good after the catch so there's there's upside to the player and upside to the opportunity there Devin Duvernay speaking of opportunity Baltimore needs more receivers. And even if they run the ball more, they're going to pass to somebody besides Rashad Bateman, who, by the way, has not yet delivered on his promise. So we'll see exactly what his role looks like. Devin Duvernay was a third round pick, a speed guy. Did you see Harbaugh Harbaugh when they picked him, by the way? I'm a Texas fan, so I'm, I'm of course, gushing here. But (laughs) Harbaugh was like like a little kid when when you know they they win the prize or something. Yes, yes. Like they were so happy to get Duvernay. So. They obviously like him. Yeah. And he, he, you, you probably think about Devin Duvernay and you think he's a small slot guy. He's really not that small. 5'11, 200 pounds. He's fast. Did play the slot a little bit more this past year. So maybe he is the slot guy, but can play either way. And John Harbaugh, like you said, excited, said he made the jump to last year, said that his best football is ahead of him. So I'm going to go ahead and trust the coach there at this level. And then I've got to close it out with Zay Jones because I don't think I can talk about wide receivers. At, on any show this year without talking about Zay Jones, because it's just like, first of all, it's crazy how he's being looked at right now. And secondly, I think he is a good example of how to be flexible when you're analyzing players. Zay Jones, I was excited about as a prospect because of all the market share stuff. He tested great and then he landed in the second round. And then I was disappointed because he sucked with the bills. He didn't give us anything. <laughs> if you did trust him, he absolutely bombed. Now everybody hates him and he spent the end of last season suddenly becoming relevant on a team that was looking for pass catchers. And by the way, more relevant than Brian Edwards in that stretch. He was, you know, normally I would look at that and say, okay, we've got a lot more bad behind him than good, but everybody's looking at him like that and saying, I still don't believe in Zay Jones. The Jaguars do. They just gave him $8 million a year in free agency. He just turned 27 in March. So he's not that old yet. 
He is at least in Jacksonville for two years. So another one of those situations where we don't know exactly how the targets will be distributed. I'm going to pay some pennies for Zay Jones in case he factors heavily into that target picture for really an offense that could see some big time rebound this year. Yeah, look, Zay Jones, you talk about target share in college. How about the single season reception record in all of college football with 158? Zay Jones won me some money in college fantasy uh, that year for sure. So um, those are some good names. Zay Jones, absolutely one that I had highlighted here to talk about because, you know, like like Matt mentioned, Fitz, it's not about not everything is about how we view these guys. The team obviously values him. And this is what pushed LaVisca down. I think LaVisca is better than Zay Jones, but the Jaguars clearly don't think that. So they're going to have LaVisca returning kicks and punts and looks like not doing much else. And they dropped a bag on Zay Jones. You know, him and Christian Kirk are their guys now, um, uh, along with, I guess, Marvin Jones still. So, um, you know, I, I like Zay Jones in particular out of the guys uh, that, that um, Matt here mentioned, but what do you think about those guys? It was dubs. It was Duvernay uh, and Zay Jones. What do you think of those guys? Wouldn't it be funny if the two guys who have been left for dead, Zay Jones and Laquan Treadwell wound up being like the two leading receivers for the Jags this year. Um, Yeah. Romeo (laughs) dubs. We talked about how maybe um, like Chris Olave would have been the perfect fit from this rookie class because of the, the finish, the route running, the polish. And they kind of took the um, antithesis of that with Christian Watson, a guy who's more of a project, but then Dubs getting him a little later. I mean, maybe it wouldn't be a total shock if Dubs came in and, you know, was uh, more favored by Aaron Rodgers right off. And I think we saw that Aaron Rodgers, uh, or excuse me, the Dubs, I believe, led all FBS wide receivers in catches and yards on post patterns last year. So maybe dubs could be the new MVS for the Packers and um, who was, Oh, Duvernay. I mean, the guy can fly and he's actually bigger than Hollywood Brown. So maybe that was one of the reasons the Ravens were so willing to uh, got rid of some Oklahoma and got themselves some Texas. Exactly. (laughs) It's a good trade off for you, Bob. So (laughs) I like those calls a lot. Yeah. uh, Who, who from this range or, or just, you know, bottom out this range here fits of any wide receiver that you want to throw a dart on. I'm just going to, uh, you know, talk up uh, another Boise State receiver. I've, I've got a thing for the, the Boise <laughs> State guys with Cedric Wilson, who is certainly, I think, flying under the radar after the Tyreek Hill trade, which, uh, you know, that was obviously the big uh, the big headliner. But Wilson is good, man. Every time I see this guy, like, I think he's actually a pretty good player. And we saw him get 602 yards and six touchdowns last year on on maybe about half of the Cowboys offensive snaps. Um, You know, so obviously Waddle, Tyreek Hill, not a lot of room for him to, um, you know, step up barring injury this year. But somewhere down the road, I I still think he could possibly come through. And guys, what if at uh, number 113 on this list, We've possibly got the Packers wide receiver one in 2022 with Sammy Watkins. Like, I don't think it's totally out of the question. Like, I know this guy has just burned so many people that he is just toxic to (laughs) a lot of dynasty managers. But I would not be surprised if Watkins played a bigger role for the Packers. And and granted, I think it's probably like uh, a long shot that any single Packers receiver has a thousand yards this year. 
But maybe Watkins is the you number one You got to talk him up, though, Fitz, because there are people that haven't been burned by him yet. We got to get those people on board, are there? right? Yeah, <laughs> I think they got to be out there lot, somewhere. Man. Maybe I people mean, knew. Maybe the new people need to take a shot on Sammy Watkins. Maybe former, that's it, right? Former top 10 pick. What if he stays healthy? Good situation. Good offense. Future Hall of Fame quarterback. You never know, man. I think one other thing, too, that's easy to overlook with Watkins is in Kansas City, they kind of put him in the slot a lot and ran him on short routes. So it might seem like he's a lower ceiling player now than he truly is. Maybe that's what he is right now, and they were using him the right way. But there's a possibility that they were kind of misusing him, and he's got a little bit more you know, MVS-style stuff to him still. I'm very high draft pick, Sammy Watkins. So, you know, the and we've seen him. We've seen him explode week one, and everybody freaks out. This is the year. And then he gets hurt again, and and that's that. So um, the guys that, that I have in this range, I'll just uh, blow through them here. It, it's Calvin Austin at, at 109. Uh, you know, I, I know I'm being a homer here with Pittsburgh, but I just think he has way more value. He's ranked this low because he's – buried on the depth chart in Pittsburgh right now. But I think there's going to be some room uh, pretty quickly. And I think, you know, Mike Tomlin really likes Calvin Austin. So I think he's going to get on the field uh, sooner rather than later. And it's what like, this is what Pittsburgh does. They take these guys that are a little bit lower and they turn them into studs. I think Calvin Austin could be one of those guys currently ranked at 109 Byron Pringle at 112. This is less about Byron Pringle to me and more. This is one of those few where it's the opportunity. Someone is going to have some success in Chicago. That's not Darnell Mooney. They, they just, you know, the numbers say someone's going to have to catch the ball. Maybe it's Komet. Maybe he becomes the number two receiving option on this team. I know a lot of people want that, but Valus Jones, I have on this list too, the third round pick Equinamia St. Brown is buried on this list i uh you know i don't even think he made the top 200 uh, maybe 198 or something like One, that. 193 he, i think 193 there you go very 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 low someone is going to take uh get catches here and look tajay sharps on this team dante pettis is on this team david moore so there are guys it, it could be any of those guys but pringle is was their like premium signing uh Already had a little hiccup in the offseason, of course. Um, but, you know, this is a guy. And I also like the Niners do weird stuff. I, I'm a little higher on Danny Gray than most people. I know this is rookie fever that I have. I understand it. Uh, and, and, you know, th- this is comes from months of prepping for the draft and then getting there. But, you know, look, what's behind door number two sometimes is better. You know, we've seen a lot of these guys and they burned us before. So I'll take a shot on some youth. Uh, so Matt, anybody here uh, that, that I mentioned or Pat mentioned that, that you're in on. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm excited about others. I kind of agree. Like we're down in the range where Bellis Jones is a good one to bring up because nobody likes him, but sometimes <laughs> when nobody likes him, it makes them an opportunity. Like if, if he were anywhere higher, if he were, he's an old prospect, top, right. He if he were anywhere inside high. the top 90, then forget about him. But down here, it's like, okay, fine. I'm paying absolutely nothing to take a shot. And they clearly want him to be something. And it's gotta be soon because he's already 34 years old. So, you know, that he's going to get <laughs> early opportunity. <laughs> I believe 25. I do believe he's older than Juju already, by the way, which is just uh, crazy. Or it's like a couple months. Juju's older. I can't remember, but Juju can yeah. teach me about TikTok then. Yeah, there you go. Uh, take some shots. So, uh, Fitz, anybody else you want to mention, or, or are you in or out on any guys I mentioned as well? 
that's about it, man. I like going way down on this list. Like if you, I mean, sometimes you just want traits like two guys I'm monitoring just, and I think they both played on the giants last year, like John Ross and Colin Johnson, just cause they have traits like John Ross is fast. Colin Johnson is gigantic. So like, I'm kind of interested in where they land. I think I've had them on a couple deep dynasty rosters, probably never going to pan out, but um, you know, at a certain point, you're just looking for freakish traits, and uh, those two guys have them. I think Dude, Mike Strawn for the Colts and Antoine mm. Wesley for the Cardinals are kind of mm. interesting in the same vein as well. Yeah, Isaiah Weston had one of those crazy, you know, he, he had a similar to Christian Watson uh, combine, so the traits are there too. There, there are some deep guys to take flyers on for sure. So, uh, well, that is going to wrap it up for us this week. Uh, really appreciate Matt Schauf at Schauf DS. Tell us um, you know, what, what are you doing right now? Where can everyone find your work? And, uh, just thank you so much for joining us here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. We're wrapping up our deep player profiles for DraftSharks.com now, which are going to be up on the site for any DS insiders. Like I mentioned earlier, we've got dynasty projections now, which I don't think are on many sites. So we use, um, the aging table I referenced earlier to actually apply projections and help us rank these players as opposed to just being like, yeah, I think that guy belongs there. That guy belongs there. So it adds a little bit more reality. It makes it easier for me to see, you know, how much I like or dislike a player and where guys belong. Cause it's, it's tough to, you know, just imagine the numbers when we're moving forward with this stuff. So we're getting close to draft season guys. I'm excited. I can tell you are too. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, th- this is the range. We're gonna have to get a draft going uh, pretty soon here. At least a best ball. I'm getting itchy. I gotta, I gotta draft for real here, uh, pretty soon. Uh, fit at Fitz underscore FF Fitzy. What do you got coming up? Yeah, first, uh, thanks to Matt for coming on. Uh, he and Jared Smola and the rest of the team at Draft Sharks do great work. So uh, always good to talk to Matt. And we are rolling out our redraft kit on Monday, June twentieth. That is going to hit. And, um, you know, I've been writing a lot for that, too. So uh, I just finished my players to target and players to avoid. Those are going to be premium articles. So um, that is your excuse to uh, pay for everything there and, uh, you know, see who I like and don't like. Some of the names on those lists might be surprising. So, uh, you know, worth the money. Ooh, I like that little insider. I wrote IDPs for that too. So uh, please check it out. So uh, you can find me at Bogman Sports on the Twitter. And obviously I'm here. Uh, I'm uh, answering uh, questions on uh, Discord for Fantasy Pros every single Monday. You can catch all my stuff over at InThisLeague.com as well. And the ITL Fantasy Football Podcast is going to have a mock draft, uh, Superflex mock coming up this week too. So lots and lots of football. So much fun. We enjoy the wide receivers. We will see you all next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. MTV's official challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. 
old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. Listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.